Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. And welcome back to Under Review. I'm Greg. He's Steve. It is October the 2nd, and hockey season is finally here. How's it going, Steve? I'm good, man. October has finally started. Um, you, of course, we had some preseason games the last, uh, the last week and a half, last two weeks, but today are the first real uh, NHL games as we're recording. And when we release this tomorrow morning will be the day the Rangers play their first game against Winnipeg. So... I think we can finally say the off-season is over. Yeah, finally. We're actually going to get to real hockey. Real hockey. And as much as I love preseason, um, this is, this is when, when it matters. You know, This is when the games count. Um, but yeah, the preseason to me this year was one of the most interesting preseasons uh, of like maybe the salary cap era as a Rangers fan. Uh, it was just a lot of fun seeing guys like Kravtsov and Kako, uh, Adam Fox, uh, seeing Rayunanen play in a game or two, uh, seeing Shestyorkin being lights out against the Flyers in Philly, one of the games I attended. Yes, we lost the game 4-1, but he had an amazing game. He had like like 3 on 0 breakaways that he saved. Um, any other goalie in net that, that day, and, and Philly scores 8-9 goals. He was, he was absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah, all these new players, uh, it's exciting. And, and we finally got to see Capo Caco wearing Ranger blue, which most people were looking forward to, of course. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's, let, let's get into the uh, preseason a little bit. So we'll kind of, kind of put it all into one, net sh- one nutshell of a podcast, really. So... Um, preseason, uh, past few weeks, let's take, let's get some takeaways. Who, who is the player that you were, I guess, impressed with the most? Cause for me, it was Leah Sanderson. Yeah. And, and I was, I was afraid of saying that because I am a fan of him as a player, as a person. I, when I was in New York last week, I finally got to meet him face to face. Um, and he's such a nice kid. Um, but the way he has improved this offseason and visibly better in preseason games, um, I think this is just what we've been waiting for since we drafted him two years ago. And fans need to realize that, that most players in his draft class have been playing junior hockey for two years and are only now making the jump to either the NHL or the AHL. Someone like Cody Glass, for instance. Or... Uh, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Gabe Riardi, um, Owen Owen Tippett. All, all those guys have been have been you know slowly working their way towards becoming a pro. And I think yeah, the absolutely true. I think the expectation for Elias Anderson were just too high from the start. He was a player that, despite what NBC said on draft night, because it was not the Rangers saying it, it was NBC saying it, he wasn't NHL ready. He just needed two years to, you know, to, to get to where he is now. And 
this preseason he was he was one of the one of the one of the most outstanding players on the on a on a Rangers team that had a lot of youngsters fighting for spots and seeing him making the team uh, makes me very happy you know because he deserved it. Yeah, uh, same here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm on board with that. I thought Leo Zanis had a fabulous preseason. I think he looks, um, his skating looks better. Uh, his, his, just, his overall game looks better. He looks sharp. Yeah, he just looks more confident on the ice. You know, yes. he's, um, and, and he, he was interviewed, uh, and the interview was, was, was tweeted by the Rangers either yesterday or the day before. Where he said, you know, I've been, I've been working, I've, I've been working on a different regiment this off season. Uh, I've been focusing even more on my food, and and you know, and and it seems to pay off. The fact that he, I think, I think from what I've seen on Instagram, I think he and Mika Zibanejad uh, share an apartment together. I think that's great for for a kid that's 20, 21 years old to to have someone. Uh, uh, like looking out for him, who has been in the NHL for what? How long has Zibanejad been in the NHL? Like eight years? Uh, I think less. I don't know about eight, but he's definitely. I think he's, he was, he's, in, a, he's, in, he's in a while. It's more than five years for sure. So he was drafted in 2011 or 2012, I think. But yeah, he's he's been he's been in the league for uh, for a while, and 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 having having someone around him for a 20 21 year old Swedish player. Having someone around you who you know speaks your language is from the same country, I think that really helps, and and that's probably the best thing that could have happened to him. But I mean, you know, hats off to him for for making that 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 jump in his development this off season that we have all been dying to see. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think I think another player that we should touch on who really had a fabulous preseason is Av Vox. I mean, he he looks. So poised and so confident with the puck, um, and my biggest takeaway is that I think down the road he actually might be one of our our best puck movers. I mean, the kid just looks like he's got everything it could take to to be a, uh, a you know a, a top pair defenseman. Yeah, and 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 I I have not seen much from uh, Adam Fox while he was in college. I don't follow college hockey that 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 regularly. Um, but I've heard a lot of good things about him, and seeing him in the preseason it makes me very hopeful for him having a good year with the Rangers. And and you could you could you could tell why they decided to trade for him this offseason instead of waiting another year. They think he's ready to contribute in the NHL. And from the looks of it, Rangers management was right. And and now we have on the right side Jacob Truba, Adam Fox, and Anthony D'Angelo. I think our right side of, of the of defense is is probably our strongest position on the team, which is ridiculous to say because, from from my perspective at least historically, right-handed defenseman is always the weakest spot or the most difficult to fill. Yep. And somehow um, we end, we ended up with these three players. You know, it's 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 wonderful. It's a yeah, wonderful speak- thing to have. And speaking of Jacob Truba, um, just to touch on him real quick, uh, man, he's he's got a he's got a rocket of a shot, doesn't he? I mean, it looks like in you know watching preseason, he he really lets it rip, and, and that's a good thing for the Rangers, is uh, you know because I think his offensive game is something that um, is going to only get better over time. Um, we could talk all day about whether his contract was worth a dollar amount and how the Rangers view him, and you know, is he is he is he can he be good enough? defensively 
you know, uh, or I should say offensively to negate some of the defensive woes. Cause he's, he's a good defender. He's a good defender, but not a great defender kind of thing. Yeah. But um, I, I'm, I, what I'm impressed with is the, is the power behind his shot and the fact that he's not afraid to shoot. So um, two nice little check marks for me. So Jacob Truba keeps shooting the puck. Yeah. And, and Truba and Shea together seems to work out as a pairing. Uh, the, uh, as, as most fans know, they've known each other for years. Um, and I've noticed because, you know, while I was in New York for the preseason games, I decided to, uh, you know, go to the arena early and see if I could maybe, uh, you know, get a picture with a player or something or get maybe a puck signed for one of my friends. And uh, Shea and Truba just uh, walk out of the subway together. They're, they're really like two buddies just going to Madison Square Garden to play hockey together. It's it's fun to see. Um, so, uh, for the, for the forwards, let's just dive, dive into that a little bit. Um, so who are the forwards that are on the team and who are the ones that, uh, that got sent down? Let's, let's, let's go through a couple of these players. Like we know the givens that are going to be on the team. Obviously Zabanajad. We know that Kreider is going to be on the team. We know Bushnevich is going to be on the team. We understand that. Um, yeah. there's no, there was very little chance that Cackle wasn't going to make the team. We, we, that was basically a given, um, but now we're going to get into some of the question marks. So um, Filipino was sent down to the AHL, um, as was Vitaly Kravstov. Um, I know there's some blowback from some Ranger Twitter that, you know, Hedl uh, should be on the roster. And I kind of, you know, it's, it's weird. I'm kind of in that, like, he's probably a player that um, I would have rather seen on the team. But I understand where you're going to put him if you don't feel like he's ready to be the second line center. Mm. That's kind of the thing because I think I think eventually Filipino's future is second line center. So the thing is, is if you're re- if you think that he's not ready now, is it better to be that is it better for Filipino to be the first line center in Hartford than the fourth line center on the Rangers? That's an interesting debate. Um, I'm not sure where I fall on that. I, I can see both arguments of it. Um, but I do think eventually this year, Filipino is going to get any backup and he's probably going to be the, the, the second line center on this team at some point. See, and, and, and here's the thing. And what I brought up when we were talking about Elias Anderson, I'm going to bring up when we talk about Filipino now, he turned 20 a month ago. And if we, if we look at Filipino in a vacuum today, drafted 21st overall in 2017, turned 20 a few weeks ago, him playing in the AHL f- uh, for a full season is not the worst thing in the world. Yes, he was on the team the entire season, on the NHL team the entire season last year. But I feel that at some point he could have been sent down. Um, he was very up and down in his performance. You know, he had, he had a streak where he scored. He had five games in a row where he scored a goal, which is great. But at the same time, there was also a month or like five weeks where he just didn't play well. And that that's, I think that's where Quinn and Gordon should have stepped in and not just with Hedl, with Howden as well last season, because they did it with, with, with Anderson where they, they sent him, they called him up, they sent him down, you know, just to get, get back into rhythm, get some confidence, you know, get, get your game going. Howden and Hedl could have profited from that uh, uh, last season and it didn't happen. And now we're in a situation where everyone's upset because he was going to the AHL. And I understand why people are upset because they, they didn't expect him to go from being the second line center to now going down to the AHL. At the same time, 
the second line center will probably be Ryan Strome, who I feel will not finish the season in New York. Um, so worst case scenario, I think Heedle comes up at the deadline when guys like Kreider, Nemesnikov, and Strome are traded. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with that. I, I think that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, um, and, 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 and with Kravtsov, uh, I'm just going to be honest with you, he had a good preseason, but there's just no room for him. If this was 2018 or 2017, yes, he would have been on the team. But which top nine winger are you going to demote to the fourth line or make a healthy scratch to give Kravtsov a spot in the top nine? Because on the right... And on the left, on left wing, left and right wing, we have Panarin, Kako, Kreider, Buchnevich. That's your top six. And then you have for your, you have uh, uh, Nemesnikov, Fast, Lemieux. Um, do you, do you, do you really, you know, play, play with those positions to give Kravtsov a spot on, in the top nine? I just, I just think it's bad timing for Kravtsov. You know, it's, it's, it's unlucky. But at the same time, I don't think he will spend uh, a lot of time in Hartford. Um, there will be injuries. Um, maybe a player will be sent down. Maybe, and and this is the player that I'm most surprised about that he's still on the Rangers, by the way. But Brett Howden, I really hope that at some point, if it doesn't work out, they just send him down to, you know, to get some, to get some game time in Hartford, because. If there's one person who, in my opinion, didn't deserve to make the team based on preseason, it's Brad Howden. But unfortunately, we have a coach who makes the exact same mistake Alain Vigneault made by picking Howden, in this case over Hedo, and last season picking Howden over Elias Anderson without a valid reason. There was just His performance did not justify him being, being picked over other players. And right. we've seen this with, with AV, who did it with VZ over Buchnevich, and this is the same thing all over again. And I hope fans actually see this and wake up and realize that David Quinn is not some amazing coach who never makes a mistake. It needs to be called out. Brad Howden does not deserve to be on the team. And if and I, 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 I don't disagree with you. I mean, I, I, I wasn't impressed with Brett Howden. I mean, I, I would have no problem him playing in the AHL right now. But it, I mean, it, it kind of, I think I'm more um, upset about Philip Heedle being sent down than I am about Brett Howden being there as a fourth line center because I just, I don't, I, I don't see much of Brett Howden, to be honest with you, to see him being a player in the top six. I just, I don't think that's going to be his game. I think he's going to be a, I think he's going to be a, you know, a bottom six center. So, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's about development. The best way for a 21 year old or 22 year old center to develop is in the AHL. Let him play 18, 19 minutes because that's how you, you know, that that's how you develop as a player. Having, having, having a 22 year old center on your fourth line to me, Makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, that's a val- that's a valid point, and that's the, and that's also the reason why I'm not upset that Vitaly Krasov is sent down because I don't want him on the fourth line. I'd rather him play on the top line in Hartford than than play fourth line minutes, you know, or being a thirteenth forward. I mean, who who that's that would be awful for his development. Yeah, so and, totally and, and 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 like like I said, I have no problem with Hedl or Krasov being sent down. 
but I feel that that Howden should have been sent down as well. And um, you know, in, instead of Howden on the fourth line, uh, put Bunievis on the fourth line. Bunievis is. I mean, the, the Rangers know what Bunievis is at this point. You know, there's there's if if they don't need him, if they're not going to use him, then then trade him to a team that wants him. I know he cleared waivers, and but even players that clear waivers are sometimes traded for something. Yeah, I think Boone, I think Boonievis could be a great fourth line center. I think I think when I watch his game, he just fits that role perfectly. Um, whether he's with this team long term or not is to be determined. But um, I, I like I, I do think he would be a good fourth line center. I I I, I like that out of his game. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, the, the only decision aside from the Howden uh, from Howden being on the team, the only decision that that really annoyed me is um, the signing of Michael Haley, which to me points that points in the direction that that management is still stuck in the in the early nineties. It's you know what I'm I'm glad you said that because preach to the choir, man. I am I am on board with that fucking idea. I don't understand it, and I've definitely talked to people on Twitter and Facebook about it. Um, that have tried chirping back at me like, oh, well, we need this guy. I'm like, you don't fucking need my – Haley is terrible. He's not good at hockey. Yes. That's just it. Exactly. Good. Exactly. I, I am not saying that you don't need physical presence on the ice. What I'm saying is you need players who bring a physical presence on top of talent and, and you know, some point production. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. I mean, that's we've the thing. Over, we've been over this over the last few years with Cody McLeod and Tanner Glass and Chris Newberry and 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 Daryl Poe, who I think didn't even have a single point for the Rangers. Yeah, I don't think he had a single point for the Rangers. No. These these fourth liners who add absolutely zero, aside from you know throwing some hits and fighting once or twice. Um. To me, it, it just it just seems like you're shortening your bench. You don't give your team options to uh, to come back in the game. <clears throat> if no, you, have- you don't. And, and and the problem is is then when other play when other teams start to play against you, they don't even care about defending your fourth line anymore. They don't even care. They they really don't. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. They're 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 going to you know if they have to, they're going to you know um, put their 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 top defenders against your first and second line and then not worry about your third line they don't even i mean it really does give a lot of breathing room to them because they can cycle out that third pair against the, the you know your middle pairings and not even care about your fourth pairing they don't care what they throw out out there it's just it makes no sense because you're just you're not you're, you become you become no offensive threat at all to put any points on the board and you're the way teams will defend you is a lot different. They don't even value your fourth line. You don't even, it's not even a, you know, as long as if, the, if, the, if their fourth line can play hockey, can actually put the puck in the net, you're going to have a different perspective as, a, as, as, as the other, you know, as your opponent. You're going to actually have to defend them. You're going to have to take them seriously. Yeah. No one's going to take the Rangers' fourth line seriously. They're just not. Oh. If, if, Haley, if Haley's on your fourth line, no one's going to take that line seriously. They won't. And, and, and like I said, this is Cody McLeod all over again. And when the Rangers made the Stanley Cup final five years ago, has it been five years? Wow. Yeah, uh, how crazy is that? When the Rangers made the Cup final five years ago, I think our fourth line was Dominic Moore, Brian Boyle, and Derek Dorsett. Yeah. That's a high-energy line. That's a, good, that's a good line. That's a good fourth line. With players who can score a goal. You know, yeah. they, they bring something on top of the physical uh, presence. 
Yeah, and, exactly. They can actually handle the puck and put it in the back of the net. Yeah, and 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 all over the league, the players that have value, uh, like before he fell off a cliff, Milan Lucic, uh, Wayne Simmons, uh, and I'm talking about years ago, not not today, but uh, we've seen guys like Brett Marchand who, on top of their their production, bring the physical edge. Those players are valuable. Those are the players you want, not 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 players who will score like like one or two goals uh, uh, in their in their entire career. Uh, which, by the way, brings me to something I wanted to share with you. Uh, at one of the games in New York, I ran into Tanner Glass, and this is hilarious. Uh, I took a picture, and one of my friends wanted a picture and everything, and and I asked him. I said, uh, "So Tanner, if I if you don't mind me asking a question." Uh, your goal against Kerry Price in playoffs uh, is that your favorite goal of all? Or is, is that one of your top? T- is that your top top ten goal? And he looks at me and he's like, "I didn't, I didn't score that many goals. I think they're all top 10. That's funny. <laughs> That's and, funny. You know, and, and this, this is this is why I usually try to separate what a player does on the ice uh, and what what the person or what the player is like in person. Because agreed. Tanner Glass was a useless player in the NHL, but he's a fun guy to talk to. He's, yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I've heard that from various people that, you know, Tanner Glass as a person um, is, is a very likable guy in, in the locker room, that he's a sweetheart of a guy, that he's super smart, that he's, he's well-liked, he's well-respected in terms of being a good person. Um, yeah. Just not a good hockey player, that's all. And at the same time, I'm pretty sure the reverse is true, too, where you have really good players who are complete assholes. Yep, and there's and those you find those all around. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes being a good person doesn't equate to your skill on the ice. So it's just yeah. you know, it is what it is. But, but yeah, getting back, um, yeah. Getting back to this line stuff, I think you're totally right. I think we're we're kind of getting a little bit back into that Cody McLeod, you know, uh, Tanner Glass kind of mentality, where it's like, you know, what are you doing here? Like, you know, I'll give you an example. Like, like Brendan Lemieux is a great example. Okay, that's a guy who's super physical. Um, brings a lot of, you know, a, a lot of edge to his game, but the, the kid can fucking play. Like, you watch him, and you're like, this kid can play hockey. Yeah. He's not, he's not a liability on the ice. He actually can dangle the puck. He can, he can you know, he can, he can pass the puck. He, he can find guys open. He can make a move. He's a pretty good skater. You know, he's not a liability on your bottom six. He's actually a good hockey player. He can play hockey like the game. So and, and, and the guy you want to and that's what you need. You need players who bring something on top of their their physical presence on the ice. And sorry, Michael Haley doesn't do it. No, no, and, Michael and, Haley is not a good hockey player. That's what it is. And they they had Michael Haley on a on a tryout, and the only thing he did in the preseason was uh, I think he scored a goal, but the only other thing he did was fight three times. That's it. And I'll leave. I'll even go as far as say that 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 McKeg was actually really good in preseason. Like, I, I understand why you're keeping him on the team because he actually played well in, in every game I saw. Uh, Greg McKeck, had, again, there's another player who had a, had a good preseason. Um, and, and having McKeg on the fourth line, um, and th- this is the fourth line I would go with, you know? McKeg, Jesper Fast, and then Buniev is down the middle. That would be a great... I would, I would sign up for that fourth line tomorrow. That would have been a great fourth line. Um... But yeah, other, other than that, other than uh, Howden being on the team and Michael Haley getting a contract, I don't really have a lot of issues with the decisions they made. Um, 
Reunion going back to Finland is something I've been expecting since the moment he signed his entry-level contract anyway. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Rikov is still injured, uh, still recovering, so he's technically still on the team, but the moment he's cleared, uh, he will probably be sent down. Um, that is, there's no real surprises. Uh, the left side on defense is uh, Brady Shea, Mark Stahl, and Libor Hayek. Right. And then Brendan Smith is the anchor that uh, drags everyone down. Yeah, Brendan, Brendan, Brendan Smith being on this team is something. Here are the things that have surprised me so far. Brendan Smith being on the team, Michael Haley signing, and, and Philip Heedle going to the AHL. Those three things are like, I, I would say my, my top three of like, I didn't expect that. Uh, you know, um, uh, Vitaly Kravtsov being sent to the AHL, not totally surprised with that. Um, Howden being on the team, not totally surprised with that. McKegg making the team, not totally surprised with that. Um, Anderson making the team, obviously not surprised with that. You know, uh, everything else, yeah, uh, it's a little like, wow, really? But the, uh, speaking of Howden, there's a difference between being surprised by the decision and agreeing with it. I was not surprised by it. It doesn't mean I agree with it. So just wanted fair, to, fair enough. Fair enough. Just wanted to make that distinction. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the, the season is finally going to kick off now. Uh, and of course, we have to mention this. We saw some players switch numbers. Yeah, I'm not into the whole number thing. You ah, okay. Know, well, you could talk, um, talk about it. Libor Hayek switched to number 25, which is uh, Peter Pruka's old number. I don't know if that's the reason, but. I thought that was interesting. Um, Leah Anderson switched to 28, which was probably my second guess after 24. If Karko was getting 24, then 28 would have been my first guess for uh, Anderson. Um, I'm, I'm cool with him being 28 because that was whenever I played team sports, 28 was my number. So I'm cool with that one. Hey, I was born on October 28th, so I am perfectly fine with number 28 for, for my favorite player. There you go. And I'm born on <laughs> August 28th, so there you go. Hey, there you go, 28. Hey. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's interesting to see him switch from 50 to 28. Um, he signed my, uh, the Sweden jersey I have from the World Juniors while I was in New York. And um, he, he asked me if, if, you know, to sign it with, uh, with like number 50 or number 24. I said, no, no, no sign it with like, you, you know, your signature and then number 50. I think it's fine. And he's like, well, the, and, and then he said, this is one of the last uh, signatures with number 50 I'll do. And I looked at him and I'm like, oh, you're switching your number? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, 24? He's like, no, no, not 24. Kako wants 24. And then I, and then I, I walked with him because like, he was on his way to the, uh, to the entrance. And I was, just, I was just asking him, so is it going to be 61 that you wore in Folunda? Or is it going to be 28 that you wore in, uh, in juniors in Sweden and in Hartford? And he just looks at me and he's like, you, we just wait and see. And I, I was just, I was just laughing and, and thinking, this is, this is pretty cool. He's probably going to go with 28. And um, yeah, I think, I think 28, I think a lot of fans are happy because for some reason people hate the number 50, which makes no sense to me, but whatever. Um, but yeah, players changing numbers. Bunievis switched to number 15 before he was cut. Um, Chef Jorkin, of course, switched from uh, when he came over from 30 he used in Russia to 31. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to say about the numbers. I just wanted to uh, just wanted to mention it quickly. And uh, of course, Capo Kako switching to number 24 as expected. 
Yep, that was the uh, that was one I thought was going to happen. I did. I, I I had a feeling he was going to get twenty four at some point. That's the I only can't... one. The only one I kind of was, yeah, knew, knew was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was pretty. Uh, it was a pretty good bet. Pretty safe bet. Yeah, for Kako to um, go for. So 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 moving on. So moving on from the preseason stuff. So um, I know you wanted to talk about some of the RFA signings. Let's get into that real quick. Yeah, because. Um... The, we've discussed this earlier uh, in a previous episode that the list of RFAs was massive, and like like was a, an, an extremely long list still with really good players in early September. Guys like Braden Point, Mitch Marner, uh, uh, Patrick Laine, uh, Charlie McAvoy, Matthew Kachuk, uh, they were all still on the list of um, <clears throat> you know unsigned RFAs. Um, now that that regular season is upon us, I think most or even all of them signed. Um, but I noticed a trend, and it actually made me very happy as someone who uh, who is crazy about the CBA. And it looks like the players are finally, you know, catching on and and finally learning about the CBA and using it to their advantage, because guys like McAvoy and also uh, Braden Point and uh, Matthew Kachuk. Uh, what they did was they all signed three-year deals coming off their entry-level contract uh, with a very high base salary in season three. And the reason why that's important is because they will still be, they will still be restricted free agents at the end of their uh, current contracts. But if the team wants to retain their rights, they have to give them a qualifying offer and the qualifying offer is uh, their uh, their base salary in the final season of their contract. So uh, Charlie McAvoy and 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 Braden Point, etc., they have base salaries of like seven, eight, or even nine million in their final year. Which means that if Braden Point, if Tampa Bay wants to retain Braden Point's rights, they have to offer him a one-year nine million dollar deal, which he huh. can. And then go to unrestricted free agency the following year. It's kind of brilliant, actually. It is brilliant, and I've been saying this for years. I've I've had conversations with people for years. Why don't restricted free agencies just go for the three-year contract with a high base salary in the in year three? And now they're finally doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's a good way for them. It's a good way for them to to try to maximize their value down the road. It just makes me happy because it, it gives them security. Like a guy like Charlie McAvoy will get, I think, seven million uh, in his final year, so his qualifying offer will be seven million. Either that, or Boston negotiates a new contract with him before he becomes a restricted free agent. It's right. a it's a no lose situation for these players. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. You know what? The, the more I think about this, you're kind of right. I mean, what what's the downside? Because they, they, they either agree to a really nice contract or they get a qualifying offer for seven, eight, or nine million. Or if the team doesn't give them a qualifying offer, they go to unrestricted free agency at age 26. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all, actually. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's yeah. I'm, I was quite impressed when I saw those numbers on Cap Friendly come up and every time it was a really high base salary in year three. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like it's, all, a, it's, a, it's a smart move. It's like they all got together and one of them said, guys, we need to do this. And they're like, right. all right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a good uh, point, actually. Yeah. So uh, it's, 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 that's the little CPA nugget I wanted to throw in there for today. 
Nice. Uh, so another nugget that uh, got uh, thrown out there today is that the Rangers are not announcing uh, a captain for the year, and no surprise at all. Um, I know there were some people, there were some rumors going around. Oh, Mika Sabanjet's going to be the captain. I'm like, if he is, he is. If he isn't, that's fine. I mean, I, I kind of think sometimes the captaincy is like, you know, overplayed, and I, I don't know. I don't think it's. I think people make a bigger deal out of it than it needs to be. Um, I think a real captain is just like the voice in the locker room. I don't think the, the letter on your sweater really dictates too much. I mean, you know, I'll give you an example is, is the last, you know, decade for this team, no matter what those letters say, you know, Henry Funkus is the de facto captain on this team. Okay. He's the one that sets the tone when he's pissed, you know, about it, you know, like he's the leader of the locker room. You know, yeah. even though he can't be a captain, so to speak, because he's a goalie, look, he's a leader in that locker room. As long as you have a strong voice, strong presence in that locker room, that's what counts, right? You know, I think, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes a dog and pony show of who has the letter. It's not, I don't think, I, I think we overplay that sometimes. Uh, yeah, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's something that fans will talk about because the letter on the front of the jersey is what fans see. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I just I, I understand that people want to see a captain. Uh, if it is Zibanejad, it would be interesting because he would be only the second European captain of the Rangers after Yarmir Yager. Um, and yeah, other teams have had European captains like Zdeno Chara, Andrzej Kopitar, it's uh, Alex Ovechkin. It's it's more uh, common these days, right? So let's 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 before before we end this, let's get into some predictions for the year. Um, so Ooh, I'm going to ask you. Gonna, okay. Yeah, I'm going to ask you a couple questions before the season starts. Uh, so prediction: Where will the Rangers finish in their division? Uh, okay, let's uh, let's go over the teams in our division and see which teams will end ahead of the Rangers. Uh, Capitals, Penguins. Hurricanes, Islanders, Devils, Flyers. I think they will finish seventh in the division ahead of Columbus. Mm. So basically right behind Columbus. I mean, no. right in front of Columbus. I'm sorry, right in front of Columbus. Just ahead, yeah, ahead of Columbus. I think Columbus. That's what I mean. I, I mean, right. That's what I mean. Above Columbus. Okay. Yeah. Above Columbus. Uh, okay. it, I think I think Devils Rangers will will be uh, could could go either way, but at the bottom three, in my opinion, is Devils Rangers Blue Jackets. Okay. I'm gonna say they finished last in the division. Okay. You think Columbus is going to finish higher than the Rangers? Yeah, because the the thing is, is I think that um, with all the new faces and you know, Kreider will be traded at some point. So will Strom and so will Nemestikov. And then those kids will come up and fill in for them. I just think there's just, it's too much new um, okay. for, for a team. I just think that's so, a lot going on, a lot of transition. So who, who's going to, uh, who's going to score those goals for Columbus to, that, to, that, that will have them finish ahead of us? Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good point. I don't know. Uh, I think Cam Atkinson, Nick Felino, Boone Jenner. Maybe Cam Atkinson. Maybe. 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 I don't know. Um, 
That's it, a good point. I mean, I, like they're not they're not going to be a very good team. I agree with you. I I think it's going to be close. I think honestly, I think the the Islanders, the Islanders, the Rangers, and Columbus, or either one of those three teams can finish dead last. Okay. Because I, I, I think the, I, just, I think the Devils sorry. are going to be I think the Devils are going to be a very good team. I think yeah, the Devils probably. actually make the playoffs. Probably. I, I just think Columbus has Columbus has no reason to to be ahead of any team in the uh, in the Metropolitan Division. Their their starting goalie is is Corpusalo. They lost. Yeah, Corpusalo. that's and, a good point too. I mean, yeah, defensively, it's it's all right. it's it's nice. They have Seth Jones and Zekorensky. And then I think Murray and Savard and Nutivara. That's that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll put it this way. I mean, on on paper, the Rangers should finish above the Islanders. Of course. And above, and they should finish above the above the Islanders and above Columbus. They have, and, they, have, they have better goalies. They have better defense, and they have a better top six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they. Matter of fact, if you want to argue that, the Rangers probably should finish, you know, middle of the pack in their division. I don't think the Rangers are better than the Islanders or the Devils. Yet. I think they're better than the Islanders. I don't think they're better than the Devils. I don't. I don't think they're better than the, I don't think they're I don't think they're better than the Devils. But I do think they're better than the Islanders. I think the Islanders take I think the Islanders might actually wind up with one of the worst records next year. I think they're that bad of a team. I, I'm not sold on the Islanders. I think they're a bad team. Well, I think yeah. last year I think last year was all smoke and mirrors for that team. I don't I, think they're a good team. I don't. I think they have very, they have very little skill on that team. I think I think a lot will depend on how Varlamov does. I guess. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, and 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 the same thing was true for for Leonard last year. Is you're just you're basically riding one player, and if he has a stellar year, you might be able to squeak some wins in when you shouldn't, maybe. But you know that's you're depending on that for 82 games is really really rough. Yeah. It can go south real fast. You know what I mean? Like he can have a stretch of games where he plays terrible, and you're not scoring goals, and there goes your whole season. Yeah. So maybe the Rangers finish in sixth in the Metropolitan. I think I think that's possible. I think because of all the new players and so much transition going on, I think they still finish probably last, just because I think that they're gonna. I think I think the thing with the Rangers is they're gonna score a lot of goals. Here's what I think. I think the Rangers are going to score a lot of goals next year. I think they're also going to give up a lot of goals. That's the problem. Right. And I think the Rangers are going to be the biggest sellers at the deadline. And that too. The, the, uh, those because, two factors are the reason why they're probably going to be t- towards the bottom end. Because if you look at the Islanders, the only pending free agents they have are Matt Martin and Derek Broussard, I think. Right. Um, can they really get something for those players? I don't know. I don't know. And, and Columbus, I mean, yeah, their team is shit, but they have they have zero un, uh, pending unrestricted free agents. Yeah. yeah. So they're not selling at the deadline unless they're selling players with term, which I don't see happening. And even then, they're, uh, they're, <laughs> they're not trading Atkinson. They're not trading their captain, Foligno. They're not trading Wen- Venberg. I mean, who are they going to trade? Riley Nash? Then no one's gonna want really Nash. Well, they might, but you're not gonna get anything much. Yeah, but like a like a fourth rounder. But yeah, exactly. Rangers are gonna be the biggest sellers at the deadline, I think, with uh, Kreider, Nemesnikov, and Strom. I think so too. I think so too. And maybe, maybe even a surprise uh, departure from 
another player like like they did with McDonough and Miller. Uh, Maybe, yeah. but I but I but I would looking at the roster. I mean, it'd be very. I'm 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 kind of sure the only one I could possibly see them moving because of the contract they signed is maybe Bushnevich. Could be. Um, you know? I mean, that could make sense because he's basically betting on himself to be a restrict to be a free agent. So it's yeah. like if he breaks out, they might be like, well, let's just sell him now while while his stock is high before he hits free agency and we lose him. Yeah. So maybe. But okay. other than that, I don't see the Rangers trading any other uh, players with terms, so to speak. Um, Jesper Foss is also a restricted free agent uh, or a pending free agent, by the way. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to trade him, though. I think they're going to keep him. Yes. So yeah, I think so too. It'll be Kreider, Nemesnikov, and Strom. That's yeah. I, th I think those three are the guaranteed trades. They're guaranteed to be gone by the trade deadline. After that is where it kind of gets a little. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, and and once we trade those three, it opens the door for Kravtsov and Hedl. That's very true. Exactly. If so if they're still in the AHL by that point, of course, because maybe they'll right, exactly. Pending injuries or whatever else goes on, yes. Um, so moving forward, let's let's ask. Let me ask you this question then. So, what? Who finishes? Um, would you say who, what team finishes first in the Metro? Then Washington. I would agree with that, actually. I would agree with that. Okay. Um, um, the, the what, about the, what about the Atlantic? Atlantic is easy. It's Tampa. Okay. So you, you're not, you're not look, believing look, in any of the other teams. You don't believe in any of the other teams. Um, uh, three things will happen. Uh, Tampa will win the President's Trophy. Um, Toronto will lose to Boston in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Oh man! If they get another, if they get another first round matchup, Boston. I mean, just oh jeez. It will be. You know, it's going to be who in who in the Atlantic Division is going to finish top three aside from those three teams. It's going to be Tampa number one, and then Boston and Toronto two and three in whatever order you want. I don't know. Maybe Florida will surprise somebody. Yeah, I think they're going to be a wild card team. I don't think Florida is going to finish. Do you think Florida is going to finish ahead of Toronto or Boston? Boston. <sighs> Probably not. In the last decade. They just went to the Stanley Cup final. Toronto probably. is probably the most stacked team when it comes to talent and uh, as forwards. Yeah. yeah you're probably right about they, that. They, they potentially have four players that can hit 100 points. Yeah. All right. So let's, 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 let's go out west. So in the Pacific, who wins the Pacific? The Pacific. See, this is where I always struggle because I never know, aside from the coastal teams, who else is in the Pacific. So it's, it's oh. Vancouver, the three California teams. I guess is Vegas in the Pacific? Division? Yes. Yes. Calgary. Yes. Um, I guess oof, the Pacific. The Pacific is really. I mean, weak. I mean, you got, you got, you got some. You, I mean, you get the teams. You, you know, the, the likelihood teams are. You know, you got your, you got the Golden Knights. I mean, they're a good pick. You got the Sharks. That's not a bad I think, one. I think Vegas or San Jose probably. I'm going with Vegas. You know what? After two years, they convinced me they're a good team. Oh, they, they, they have been a good team for two years. I, I know, but I was just, I was one of those guys who just wanted to knock them every chance I get. Can't knock them anymore. Two years in a row, you proved me wrong. Yep, I, I'm, I'm on board. You're, you're a very good team. Oh, uh, I saw someone explaining on Twitter what the Golden Knights logo stands for, by the way. What do you mean? Well, 
the helmet has like the V pattern. Yeah. Right? The V is the Roman numeral for five, which is the number of minutes you get for a major penalty, which they, which is what they need to get eliminated in playoffs. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you're like you're like a dad with these really bad jokes. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm sorry. It's like uh, these corny like jokes that are just like so bad that you have to be you have to laugh because they're so bad. Oh, dude, the the, the worst. I, I told a really bad dad joke when I was in New York. Uh, so I walked up to someone and I'm like. Uh, you do know where we're in the Big Apple, right? You know where the Big Apple is. And he's like, yeah, 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 that's New York. And I go, do you also know where the Minneapolis is? <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just like bad jokes. You do like that. You, it's, you're just filled with cheese. That's it. Yes, it's a very cheesy joke. Yeah, it's uh, really bad. But yeah, my, my wife, my wife would appreciate that because she loves cheesy dad jokes. So okay, okay. Well, she, she loves those. Like I, like anytime someone tells a really bad dad joke, she just cracks up at them. Remember that for later, then. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go on to the 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 last division, the Central Division. So <clears throat> obvious choice is St. Louis. Okay, not a believer in Dallas, uh, Minnesota, not no. Nah. The, 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 but the most, the most interest, interesting thing Dallas did was sign Corey Perry, and he's already out with an injury. Yeah, I know. It's, it's true. Um, they lost. I, I'm, agree, I'm agreeing with you with with St. With St. Louis. So I, um, you, you can't go wrong with the defending champ. They they won the cup, and they didn't get any weaker. No, 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 no. They're the same exact team, and they're a good team. So yeah. Maybe Nashville. Maybe. Definitely. I just wonder. I just wonder if Nashville starting to take steps back. Well, they, they, they traded away Subban, but they added Duchesne. Um, yeah, I don't know. All right, so let's, 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 let's really let's ask some other interesting questions. Um, so who, who's going to win Rookie of the Year next year? The Calder? Yep. Go. Bold pick. I like it. I agree. Okay, so, so to me, there are four candidates. It's Capo Caco, Jack Hughes, Kale McCarr, or Quinn, or Quinn Hughes. I would, I would agree with those, those four choices. Defensemen don't win the Calder. So um, we can throw out, we can throw out, we can throw out McCarr and Quinn. Unfortunately, yes. I think McCarr should get it, but he's not going to get it. So it's either Jack Hughes or Capo Caco. Capo Caco is more NHL ready. He's the more dominant player at eight, 18 years old. And that's when, that's when you play for the Calder, so... I think it's going to be Capo Caco. I think we're going to see an individual trophy for a Ranger. Yeah. For well, the good, first good, time good. in a long time. Yeah. So what about the other tro- – let's pick out a few other trophies. Uh, so what about – what's your – who's your – I mean, I'm agreeing with you with Caco. So me and you are on board the same pick. So what about – let's go to – let's go to the Vesna trophy. Vesna. Uh, Vesna's a crapshoot at the start of the season. You never know which goalie's going to get hot. Um I, if I have to choose now without a game being played, I guess Vasilevsky. It's a fair one. I'm going to go with Gibson. Oh, Gibson is a good one. Gibson is definitely a good choice. Probably my uh, my favorite goalie in the league, John Gibson. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Gibson. So let's say, what about the the Selkie? Um, I I really hope it's Barkov. I think Barkov deserves it. 
I think that's a good one. I'm going to give you a very interesting one. I'm actually going to say the Rangers get two trophies next year. I think it's going to be Mika Zibanejad. Zibanejad for the Selkie? Oof. Yep. It's a, it's a spicy pick, but I'm going to take it. See, the Selkie is one of those trophies where if you haven't been nominated three times, you're not going to win it. It's like a reputation I, trophy. I know. I, I get that. But, but when I watch him play, like he has probably – like he's very good offensively. And I think the, the defensive game is the one that like nobody really looks at and like really appreciates enough. But watching him every day – he is a fucking very good defender. Like, he is very good in his own zone. I agree, but I just you know, don't. It's just one of those things where it's like, and if he, and, and putting him with Panarin is just going to increase his point total. So he's going to get more recognized around the league. So now, as long as people see he's good defensively, I think there's a real shot for him to be a Selkie candidate and possibly a Selkie winner. Um, I, I think it's going to be Kopitar, Bergeron, or Barkov. And personally, I pick Barkov. I think it's going to be Bergeron, but I want to see Barkov win it. I think okay. Barkov deserves it. Fair, fair enough. Uh, Norris Trophy. Norris Trophy. Uh, who won it last year? Oh, I don't even remember, actually. Was it, <laughs> was it Hetman? I, 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 I literally do not remember. It's either, Hedman or Dow- it's either Hedman or Dowdy. Whoever, whoever didn't win it last season will win it this season. Oh, jeez. Come on. Come up with something new. <laughs> that's, that's, come on, man. Stop recycling answers. That's what the Norris Trophy is about. You know, it's about uh, reputation. It's like a Selkie. It's about reputation. I, I guess. The, the, MV, the MVP will probably be either Kucherov or McDavid or maybe McKinnon. I think it's going to be McDavid. Uh, it's probably going to be McDavid because he's going, to, he's going to score 120 points, and there you go. Yeah. Um, so what do we have left? Our well, draw? I mean, so I so we, I'm, I'm on board with you, McDavid. The um, the Norris Trophy, I think it's going to be a real. I think we're going to have a new a new one. Okay. Okay. So if we if we have to name a new player, one who hasn't won it yet, I'm going to throw out Miro Heiskanen. Dude, I was going to say that. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> all right, all right. You can have Heisken and I'll switch to Seth Jones. Well, that was going to be my second choice, so <laughs> I was actually going to say Seth Jones is going to crack that list now. Oh, you hate me so much right now. I want to go Miro Heiskanen because it's just like that would have been like a really like spicy pick because he's only a second-year player. And, um, but I think Seth Jones probably more likely to happen. Mm-hmm. I think he's a guy that gets, he's really recognized around the league. I think now with the lack of offense that that Columbus has, he's going to have to probably be relied on a little more heavily offensively. Um, so I, I could see him putting up a couple more points and really being in that conversation. Um, yeah, <clears throat> Seth Jones is probably the uh, is probably the the uh, the safest pick out of the two. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And look, and if you're going to pick like Victor Hedman or Drew Doughty or Eric Carlson and Brett Burns, like those are all solid picks. I was, we're just trying to be a little spicy here sometimes. I try to pick, I try to go outside the box a little bit, you know. I mean, some of them are just like too easy to pick. Like I think the, you know, obviously the MVP of the league, it's just, you know, I mean that 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 one is just like, what are you gonna do? I mean, it's probably gonna be McDavid. He's gonna win every single one, and he's gonna be on on on. He's gonna be on the Edmonton Oilers for the next decade, and he's gonna win a bunch of these trophies and probably never make the playoffs. So. There you go with that. Uh, moving forward. So 
let's let's get into some some other cool predictions. So who's going to win the East this year? Oh, we haven't done all the trophies yet. We haven't done the the Rocket Richard yet. That's true. Um, yeah, it's not a trophy I care too much about. But let's 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 get into that one. Go ahead. What do you think? You want to go obvious, or do you want to go Darren? Uh, it, it's up to you, dude. It's you're as spicy as you want to be, man. If you want to, if you want to go with the obvious and go with Ovechkin or something, go ahead. Uh, Ovechkin is the obvious choice, but I think the Rangers might have a 50 goal scorer on their team this year. Panarin. Yes. That's spicy. I like it. That's that's super spicy. I real I dig it. I dig it. I really do. Because I think I think he's I think he's a player that gets that got lost. Like I think he's an elite player and a top ten player, but because he was in Columbus, he kind of like didn't get the recognition he deserves. Kind of, you know. I think now playing with the Rangers, playing with a more marketable team, you know, maybe he'll you know he'll get a little more recognition. I mean, I just I mean he's that good, you know. Plus also he's probably gonna be playing with the better center in Zibanejad and. Whatever winger plays with them, whether that's Kako or, or Booch, doesn't really make a difference. Like that's just going to increase, you know, the amount of pucks he's hot, he has on his stick. So it's not a bad take. I, it's really not a bad take, actually. That's a, that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. Look, um, we all know Panarin only scores his hat tricks at Madison Square Garden. He's going to play forty-one games there. Yeah, he'll score. He'll score. You know, eighty goals. <laughs> now, if, if he hits if if he hits fifty, um, I'm I'm gonna jump up and down. Dude, if he hits forty, I'm gonna I'm gonna take off. Yeah, because how, how many players hit hit fifty goals for the Rangers? I uh, I think Adam Graves, Adam Graves, Jeremy Yager. Yager. Is that's about all I can think of, right? Did 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 Rattel score score fifty or something or had? I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking in my lifetime. I remember Yager hitting in my lifetime. Yeah, in our lifetime. Yager and Graves, Yager and Graves are the only ones that hit 50 in my lifetime. Yager and Graves are the only ones, yeah. Yeah, I mean, going back is a different story. I'd have to really check the record books, but I mean, like, super rare. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Heck, we don't even have a lot of 30 goal scores, let alone 50. Well, it would be refreshing for our top point producer to be, uh, to be uh, um, more than 60 for two seasons in a row. We had yeah. with 74, I think. Yeah. But before that, it was it was like 59, 61, 60, 61. Uh, if you if you think about it, for the for the first time in a very long time, the Rangers have two very close to point production players on the first line. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last time we've actually had that. So, it, like that top line is going to be fun to watch. It really is. That, that top line and the power play will be fun to watch. I think everything else is going to be you know pretty ugly. Yeah. That's All right, the, that's the thing. The Rangers' so, first line is going to be really good. I think their power play is going to be good, and after that, it's going to be you know a lot of what the fuck just happened. I think the team is going to lose a lot of games four three and five four. I, I I completely agree with that. I think we're going to lose. We're going to score three get three four goals a game, and we're going to give up you know four or five. That's the way it is. All right. Um, so so uh, standings predictions then. So yeah. Well, uh, let's. Wh- where are we at? Yeah. Oh, let me give you a Rocket Richard one while 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 we have that. Oh chance. yeah, you haven't done one yet. Um, let me say, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I, I had this pick last year, and it bit me in the butt. But I'm doubling down. I'm gonna say uh, Patrick Liney. Okay. Because he's got you know like such a lethal shot that if as long as he 
you know, gets on once he gets in a groove. I mean, he can put in a ton real fast. So, and um, if someone's going to upset the apple card, I think it's going to be him. Interesting pick, definitely. Uh, it would be something though if uh, if 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 four individual trophies are won by Finnish players. Think about it: Kako with the Calder, Heiskanen with the uh, with the Norris, Line with the Richard, Barkov with the Selkie. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, the Finns are producing some outstanding hockey players the last few years, so it doesn't. It, it, wouldn't, it be, would. It wouldn't be. Uh, it wouldn't be weird. Let's it say wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities with the way Finnish hockey has developed the last couple of years. So. Exactly. That's exactly it. Um, all right. So moving forward, let's say. Uh, so who finishes out the East? Who 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 gets to the Stanley Cup Finals? Oh, okay. So not regular season, but who who wins? Yeah. Like- who get, who win? Who who is the representative in the Stanley Cup Finals next year? Boston. Ooh. Okay. What about in the West? I think Nashville. I think I think they have the better the better structured team to go through the playoffs. Interesting. Um, I would I, I, maybe San Jose, but I, I'll I'll pick Nashville for San Jose. Okay. I mean, when you have Pekka in that and the defense in front of him, that that's how you win playoff games. Yeah, it's a good one. I'm not, you know, uh, and, trying and to find a way to debate that one, but I'm. I, I I'm just, I, I, I don't see St. Louis repeating. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't I don't need. I don't see St. Louis repeating either. To be honest, I, I don't even see them. And by repeating, I mean making the Stanley Cup final second year in a row, because that is so incredibly rare. The Penguins did it, and <clears throat> and then 2008, 2009 again, the Penguins and the Red Wings. I think that's it. Yeah. I think those are the only sort of Penguins twice and the Red Wings once are the only teams who went to back-to-back cup finals in the cup era. Yeah. So I don't see it happening. Uh, I think I think Tampa will have the same problem this year they had last year where they cruise towards the President's Trophy and then they're not ready for the playoffs mentally. Mm-hmm. Um. I think Carolina could be a, a dark horse for these. I actually agree with that a lot. They haven't gotten any worse, and they were a damn good team last year. Yeah, I, I'm actually, um, I'm glad you mentioned Carolina. Carolina is my is my pick to go the, to go to the the, uh, the finals next year in the East. I think they're a team that is only going to get a whole lot better this year. A whole lot better. Um, I, I, I mean, their their young kids are so good that I think if they, you know, I think having that that playoff run under them is only going to benefit them. Um, I think they're a serious dark horse. Um, I think Tampa Bay is the obvious pick here. Um, I think I'll say this: I think even if Tampa Bay makes the finals, I think they find a way to lose for some reason. Oh, I, I don't think Tampa. I don't think Tampa's going to win a Stanley Cup. This generation is not going to win the Stanley Cup in Tampa. Yeah, that that would be that, and that's so tough because they're so talented. They are, but 
That's just that's just that's just not how the playoffs work. You know, it's a seven game series. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, well, I'm gonna say, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'll, I'll say Carolina, and out west is a really weird one for me, but um, you're gonna go with Dallas, aren't you? No, I'm not actually. I'm really not actually. I I am gonna probably shock you and say Calgary. Calgary. Yeah, I think we have. A, I think we have a Canadian team in the finals next year. I think it's going to be the Flames and the Hurricanes. Wow. And I so, think. Uh, and I think, unfortunately for TV ratings, like that won't be good because nobody really cares about Carolina. Um, you know, internationally, I think they'll do. They'll get some good ratings in, in obviously in, in Canada because they always do. But um, and then I think. Uh, and, and honestly, my pick to win the. The cup is going to be Carolina. I think Carolina wins Stanley Cup next year. Okay. Um, and I'm assuming you think probably what Boston? No, I don't think Boston's going to win it. Ooh. Okay. So who who plays them out west? Nashville. All right. And so you're thinking Nashville wins the cup next year, huh? Look, I I, I, w- I would just love to see a new cup winner three years in a row. Is that too much to ask? No. I mean, I, I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, I picked the new cup winner. I picked Carolina. Okay. You know, let's compromise and go for Carolina. No, actually, Carolina will not be a new cup winner. They won in 2006. Well, they would be new. They would be new in terms of like they didn't win it. You know, yeah. I I mean, 2006 still is more than a decade ago. I don't consider that new anymore. Let's compromise and go for a final between Carolina and Nashville. That'll be uh, interesting. I would sign up for that. I would. It's it's probably the, the the top two defensive cores against each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the reason why I'm leaning on Carolina so heavily is because, you know, even though um, their goaltending situation has always been a question mark, I think their defense is so good. I mean, their 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 back end is really good. It's the best in the league, in my opinion. So, if you could pick one player from Carolina to add to the Rangers, who would it be? Jacob Slavin. It's not even close. That's that's. That's the only. That's the only right answer to that question. I mean, Jacob Slavin. His contract makes it makes it, makes it a no brainer. Oh, his contract makes it like drool worthy. Like like six years for five point three million. Oh man, he's getting robbed. Sign me up. Yeah, seriously. You know, if you think about it, some of the some of the, the um, him him and Zabanajet probably have the best contracts in the league right now. Uh, yeah, Jets contract's pretty good, yes. I mean, he's getting five and a quarter, I think. I mean, that's damn good. You know, in terms of production, I'm saying. Not, like, not for the player, but for the, yeah. the organization. So. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so that, that, that should be an interesting take. So, uh, yeah, let's, let, let's see where we're at. You know, obviously, you know, all our answers are going to be so wrong because we're just doing this on the fly and it's fun. So, let's see. Our answers are going to be wrong because we pretend to know. And this is what happens with fantasy sports, too. You know who wins fantasy sports leagues? And I, and I mean this with, with all the respect. No, no disrespect here. Fantasy sports is always won by people who don't watch any sports, in my experience. Hmm. Because they, Interesting. Because they just pick random players because, you know, the name sounds funny. And it turns out that that player, like in fantasy football, and then that player turns out to, to you know, have a game where he has three touchdown catches. 
Yeah, I mean, there's just there, there's so many variables to think about. You know, it's, it's you know injuries are, are are a huge one. You know, yeah. uh, players and, having down years. You know, and fantasy sports. Uh, you know, people overthink everything. Um, I had actually uh, my my fantasy hockey draft on 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 Saturday, and one of the guys proposed a trade. Um, he wanted to trade to me. Sidney Crosby and Patrick Kane in exchange for Alex Ovechkin and Taylor Hall. Why? I don't know. I was like, you know, I, I don't care. Yeah, let's do it. Who knows? The season hasn't even started yet. Let's do it. Let's let's go. Let's go nuts. I, maybe he's maybe he just likes Taylor Hall and he's a Devil fan. I don't know. He said he doesn't want Sidney Crosby on his team. That's that's so I'll stupid. take him. I'll take him. Yeah, so so would I. But this is this is also a guy who uh, picked a goalie in the third round. So, oh well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, watch, watch him, watch him win your league. Though. He's probably going to win the league. Yeah, I just wanted yeah. to say. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff today. Um, yeah. Um, so glad you enjoyed your trip, man. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, my trip to New York was amazing. I got to meet so many people. Um, like, you know, walking around Madison Square Garden during the game, like during intermission, and just random people walk up to me and asking for a photo. Um, I was like a celebrity. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I, I got to meet so many players. I got to meet, like, like, like I said, Tanner Glass, and I ran into Jeff Gordon, like, randomly. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, That's pretty cool, man. Spent 10 days in New York, went to four Ranger games, and I saw my first ever baseball game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you went to the Yankee game. I went to the Yankees game, and they clinched the division that game. So not too shabby for a first ever baseball game. Yeah, you're a, you're a lucky charm, I guess. <laughs> uh, now, you... now you need to watch all the rest of the – now you need to watch all the playoff games. Yes, yes. Yeah, don't remind me because uh, they play like – they play literally every day. Um, they do, and it's always like at eight o'clock, and it goes yeah. to like twelve o'clock our time. I watch the highlights in the morning. Don't tell anyone. Uh, <laughs> uh, spend a weekend in Philly, which was a lot of fun. Had a Philly cheesesteak for the first time in my life. Um, yeah, overall, it was a really nice trip. Uh, got to, for the first time ever. I got this. This is my fifth time to New York. I finally got to see Central Park. Um, I went to the. I went to the top of the Empire State Building. I did all the touristy stuff this time. I was there for 10 days. I had time to do it. So That's pretty cool, man. I mean, you know, I'm actually – so it, it's, it's funny you mentioned touristy stuff. So, like, you know, um, I'm a, I, I live in Atlanta now, so I'm like an Atlanta transplant. Like, I'm actually from New York. So I'm actually going to go up tomorrow, um, you know, to visit family and whatever. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to go to – to the game tomorrow night to opening night and it's funny going it's going to be weird going back there after having been there for two years living there for 38 for 30 something you know 36 37 years and then being in in georgia for the last two years it's going to be funny going back as like a quote-unquote like visitor you know like you know what i mean like it's gonna be weird but like i don't feel like a visitor but i am i don't know it's weird like i don't know it's gonna be a weird thing but um I don't think I'm going to do any touristy things, so to speak. I no, but I'm just going to go visit like all my old spots. I like to go to, you know, like my favorite places to eat. Like I'm honestly going there and I'm just gonna be like, yeah, I'm going to hit up all my old favorite joints to go eat at and, 
you know, visit all my old friends and coworkers and stuff like that. Okay. That sounds like fun, you know, yeah. uh, for, but for you going to New York, is like coming home. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, it's, it does feel like I'm going home, home, like, you know, like where I know everything kind of thing, you know, not in everything, but like, I feel very comfortable. Yeah. And, and for me, it's just like a vacation, like 10 days, in New York. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think I'm going to enjoy this a lot more being like on vacation in New York than living there. Because when I lived there for 30 plus years, I was fucking frustrated all the time with, you know, like the subway is always fucking frustrating and fucking morons walking around the street and just trust, trust me, you know, just like all, all, the, all the, all the, everything that people hate about New, like all, everything that New Yorkers hate about New York, you know, I don't miss that when I moved. What I miss is I miss the people. I miss like my friends. I miss like some of the food spots. I miss like, you know, some of the ambiance of New York. Like I miss that. I miss the vibe sometimes. But I don't miss all the dumb shit that every other New Yorker hates. You know, the, the traffic, the, the crowded subways, the, the weather. Like, you know, I mean, like, I, those are the things I don't miss. I don't miss that. So going back there, not, you know, not working in New York is going to be kind of cool because I don't have to worry about, like, oh, my job and getting, you know, getting on the, the, the rush hour train. I can literally just enjoy the city, go and eat, hang out, enjoy, the, enjoy things like much more leisurely, which I, I know already, I will appreciate that a lot more. Yeah, and, and that's how I feel when I go back to the Netherlands, because um, when I go back now to, you know, visit my family and hang out with my friends, there's no pressure, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm there for like a weekend, and after that, I'm, I'm on the plane back to Austria. So going back, now that I no longer live in the country where I grew up, it, 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 it's nice. It's nice. So, so I, I understand what you mean. Yeah, totally. Totally. <clears throat> so you're flying tomorrow? Yeah. So I leave, so I fly out tomorrow around noon. I get into JFK, uh, roughly, you know, two thirty ish. Um, by the time I get, you know, to, uh, to Brooklyn or, you know, I mean, who the fuck knows with traffic by the time I get from JFK to Brooklyn, uh, you know, uh, it's middle of the day. It shouldn't be too, too bad. So maybe like a half hour, I'll, you know, also got to figure in taxiing and I don't know if I have to check a bag. I might have to because I have to bring some stuff up for family and stuff. So I don't have to check a bag. So I, I'm figuring as if as long as I get to Brooklyn before four o'clock or four thirty, then I'm just going to basically drop my stuff off at my sister's house and then just go to the city to go to the game. So I'll probably get to the city like five thirty around there. And then I'm not drinking at the game. Screw that. I don't have, you know, I've, you know, uh, I don't want to pay $20 for a drink. So screw that. I'll probably just go to a bar and get a drink and then go to the game. Yeah. And, and I met some people who just, you know, they, they go to the game and they just don't drink. They, they, and they, they go either before or after or both. Because honestly, a beer at Madison Square Garden, I think it's like 16 bucks. Yeah. And I'm not doing that for me plus my wife. Yeah. Like two, two of those is like sixty something dollars already. It's like, you know what? Nah, I'd rather go out and eat with that sixty bucks. Yeah, but it's. I, I'm pretty sure no one disagrees with you on that. So, yeah. All right. Well, good stuff, man. This was a fun podcast. Um, it was. So and and before we forget, let's let's not let's not forget that um, in four weeks, it's happening. Oh yeah, yeah. Me and you're gonna go to the, the Nashville game. That's gonna be fun because you're coming back to the states. We're going to meet in, in person for the first time ever. 
Yeah, and we're gonna go to the Nashville Predator Ranger game. That should be fun, and it'll be interesting by the time by the time that comes around because that'll be a month into the season. So there will be an actual vibe of the team too. Like we'll have enough games where we're probably having a feeling of what Quinn's doing, who's playing how, and you know. So it'll it'll be it'll definitely be an interesting podcast because before the season, I mean, it's funny. Like I sit here and say the Rangers are gonna finish dead last in their division, which um just that's just what I think because I think the defense is still pretty bad. Um, but you know, everyone's optimistic when the season starts. I think Zabanajad and Panarin and Buchnevich, or even if Kako gets put up to that first line, I think that first line is going to be dynamite. It wouldn't surprise me if that first line puts up like, you know, 250 points. It would not surprise me. But mm-hmm. I think the rest of the team is going to be pretty bad. It's just what it is. So I'm optimistic about, you know, being entertained this year. You know, if we make the playoffs, great, great, fun. If we don't, fine. The 2020 draft is going to be an absolute, you know, stellar draft. So sign me up. Yeah, and and that's that's the way fans should approach this upcoming season. Um, even if we lose, it's going to be a lot of fun watching it. Exactly. So uh, <clears throat> there's really no, honestly, just like just like last year, I have no, um, my expectations are low, and I'm just going to go into the season and have fun. That's all I care about. Yeah. Um, well, we have 82 games to look forward to. That's 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 more than enough to uh, to get a glimpse of what our prospects can do. Exactly, and you know there's going to be call ups and stuff. So you know there's so many things that there's so many interesting moving pieces that are going to go on. You know over the next couple of months because I don't think this team is even close to what it's going to resemble when we're really when we're really ready when we're really ready to compete. So it's going to go through another change at some point. Um, yeah, and the trade deadline is going to be interesting because who are we going to trade away? And what yeah, are we going to get in return? What are we going to well, get? I, I, I think we, I think we're we're pretty confident on three players, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what what are we getting in return? I think Cryo. Uh, who knows? I mean, that's a real pick. question mark right now. I mean, I don't know what Kreider's real return is. I have no idea. I think Kreider is the most interesting one to me because I think I don't know what his value really is out there. Maybe Gordon values him at one place and then other GMs value him differently. I don't know. It's yeah. But I mean, if, if, if we can get a first and a, and a prospect or a prospect NHL ready young player like LeBron Lemieux for Kevin Hayes, we should be able to get a similar return for Chris Kreider. That's possible. I think I think the other two players maybe Strom because he still has one cost-controlled year left because he's restricted free agent uh, might return a little bit more than Nemesnikov, but I'm not I'm not you know I'm not I'm not counting on too much with the return for those two players. Okay. Yeah, you could be right about that. Low expectations, um, you know, to super, avoid super super low, and I do not expect Strom like. FYI, I do not expect Strom to have a good year. There's no way he's going to shoot like he did last year. No way. Okay. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think there are a lot of people on board with that. Would you agree? Um, uh, some people are are still convinced that he's going to have a similar uh, year as last season. I I don't see it happening because this has been this has been beaten to death but his shooting percentage was extremely high he's not going to do that again so unless his number of shots go up 
drastically, he's not going to have a similar season. Yeah, I mean, if 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 he does, I will I will dance around and call me wrong, but I don't think so. The only reason I could see Dil- um, Ryan Strom have a similar season is because his line mates are better than last year. Because from the projections, he's going to play with Kreider and Kako, and that's a hell of an upgrade com- compared to last season. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, there's six months of hockey ahead of us. Yeah, exactly. So let's just let's just end this. We'll end this episode. Um, I mean, it's 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 good. Touching back on all these all these topics, man, this is going to be fun. Um, I'm just excited for the season to kick off. To be honest with you, yeah, um, I'm I'm probably going to um, I'll probably watch the first game. I'm still recovering from my jet lag, so I might as well stay up tomorrow and watch uh, the Rangers game. Yeah, I, I uh, that's not a bad idea, man. That's not a bad idea. Definitely do that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's right. let's wrap this up. Let's get going and let's go Rangers. All right. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Will do, guys. Take care.